Jazz Spotlight, the offshoot series of the Economical Rice podcast designed for podcast fans and brought to you by podcast fans. I'm your host, Danny, and today I am truly honored to be able to have one of the top, if not the top podcaster in the Southeast Asian region, Ling Ling of the Leaders of Learning podcast. Ling Ling, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Danny. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you on. So, I want to get right into it, right? And I want to start with your background. Um, as I understand, you are in a pretty unique position, which extend, which extends to your podcast. Am I right? Well, it depends on what you mean by unique. <laughs> what do you have in mind? Yeah, in terms of like what you do and then how, how your podcast kind of fits in with all of that. Oh, right. Fantastic. Yeah. So my journey has been quite unique. Uh, just to uh, explain briefly about what I do, I am a, a corporate trainer. So I focus on leadership development and my main focus is on cultural development. So I'm helping leaders, teams and organizations to work more effectively across different cultures. Uh, and that feeds into my deep passion in trying to make uh, this this world a better place and mm. trying to help people from different cultural groups to speak to each other, to communicate with each other, to collaborate and hopefully with all the different perspectives in whatever project that teams do, things will happen and we make this world better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So my company is called Spark Learning Solutions. The main programs I have is around cultural intelligence, intercultural uh, communication, globalized leadership, uh, around those kinds of topics. And when I first started my company, I thought one fantastic way to help, how to, how to say, market and brand myself out, out there is by using podcasts. And that's because I love listening to podcasts. So the first podcast I started listening to was Freakonomics because I'm a fan of their books. And I think most people got into podcasting is through reading books and finding out that their author has uh, a podcast and started listening to that. Uh, then afterwards, I've started discovering other podcasts too. And one of it will be with something that we will discuss about later, Danny. Yeah. And I'll explain to you how I managed to uh, start listening to that afterwards. But because of my love for, for podcasting, I thought, hey, you know, why not I interview people in the learning and development industry and try to get uh, in touch with experts of um, how does, uh, virtual, virtual intelligence learning, video learning, uh, learning across different generations. So all different perspectives when it comes to learning and development, because uh, there's just so much of wonderful content out there. But what I I don't want to say dislike. Dislike is such a strong word. What I feel is, <laughs> what I feel is really, really lacking in the podcast sphere is an Asian perspective and an Asian voice. Because mm. when I do go out into the podcast, uh, you know, kind of directories, and I look for learning and development or leadership related kind of podcast, it's from an American perspective, and it's from American stories, and it's from an American, usually an American white guy trying to show off that you know he knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> not, not to say that he doesn't, but it doesn't is not representative of the Asian experience or Southeast yeah. Asian experience at least. So I thought that would be a great place to to put in my, you know, plug, put in my podcast and, you know, position myself that way. And I completed one whole season. One whole season was about twelve episodes. I've got an episode of about how do you find balance between, you know, what you truly want in life and what society expects of you? I've got an episode about uh, how to become an entrepreneur. And and I interviewed my business mentor because uh, for, for that episode, which is an amazing episode. I've interviewed the president of the Cultural Intelligence Center, which I've gotten my certificate from. And he's an amazing trainer. He spoke about amazing, amazing person in general. And he spoke about how is it like to uh, facilitate and train across different, different cultures, uh, all, all these wonderful episodes. Uh, and quite surprising enough, uh, after the first season, I thought, okay, I'll just give myself a break and try to figure out if I still want to do season two. Because as you know, Danny, producing podcasts is really a lot of hard work and it yeah. takes a lot of time. Uh, but I think I hit the nail on the dot with the topics that you know I've selected or the interviewees that I've curated and then it became Southeast Asia's top podcast. So I'm continuing it now with uh, producing season number two and I'm quite excited with the guests that I've selected and curated for season number two so I'm, I'm really really excited to publish it soon. Yeah Yay. yeah 
if uh, if anyone's curious, there's actually a trailer for that, and I've listened to it already. You get into some uh, pretty, uh, I would say, relevant topics, uh, especially especially regarding blockchain, right? Yeah, yeah. So I managed to get the CEO of a learning platform company called ODEM, which is short for On Demand something marketplace. Something <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's using blockchain technology to connect people and teachers from around the world so that, you know, good quality content or knowledge uh, is accessible by anyone and everywhere. And that, that will be like an amazing and inspiring episode to, to listen to once I've published it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, and uh, I, I just want to uh, touch on something you mentioned early on that you said, you started out, you're, you're currently a corporate trainer and you've been doing this for, for a while now. I'm just wondering what, what uh, led you to this uh, industry in the first place? Oh, wow. Okay. So that's quite a long story. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, degree was in electronics engineering, which is uh, in- interesting enough. So I have a technical background. Yeah, I but spent- it's very different. <laughs> it is. It is very different, right? Uh, but of course, like every other Asian child, we choose a topic that our parents agree to and willing to pay for because they mm-hmm. believe, at least my parents believe a professional degree like an engineering degree could provide me a stable job. And it, at that point in time when I graduated, it was a job that was on demand in, in Malaysia. So I'm from Malaysia. Um, but after studying, well, or while studying that degree, I knew it wasn't the field for me because I feel I'm more of a people person. Mm. I like to meet people, I like to get to know how other people think, other people think, uh, different perspectives and so on. Uh, so I worked as a, what we call an automation engineer for about a year and a half with a company called Intel. And Intel is, is a really, really amazing company. Uh, I've worked with them for about four years in, in total. But in the time I was with them, I managed to progress my career from becoming an automation engineer, which is an engineer that supports the hardware and software of the uh, factory itself. So the factory that produces all the computer chips for all the laptops and now mobile phone devices that you have. Yeah. Uh, I've progressed my career to become a technical trainer. So what I, what that role entails is that I learn about the hardware and the software of the factory floor because uh, Intel is heavy on R&D for making everything more efficient and effective and so on. So I learn about all of this from the engineers that develop it, uh, transform it into a training program and train under other engineers that require to use it. So that was my first step into corporate training. So I became a technical trainer for about four years or so before I decided to leave Intel. And since then, my team had been very global. So I managed, I had a team where I had colleagues sitting in Israel, Ireland, and the States. So my boss was was in the States. And I had the opportunity to fly to the States fairly often just to learn about all this new technology and bring it back to, uh, back then it was Penang, Penang in Malaysia. But as I progressed in that career, I realized like what I really, really wanted to do was uh, soft skill training. Or right. some people say, like, you know, professional skills training, like how do you communicate, what makes a good leader, uh, th- things like that. And I knew if I continued on this path of a technical trainer, I wouldn't be able to get there. So what I decided to do was I decided to take a master's in psychology. And that's when I went to the UK. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a, a career switch and that was the most scariest decision ever in my life. But I think the most rewarding one ever because... You know, it's from doing that master's and that master's took about like a year and a half or so. And I've learned so much about, you know, the human behavior, human mindset. And I was just, I don't know, every day was such a joy, even though it was hard work, you know, reading and researching journals and writing essays and, and doing research. But I, I loved it thoroughly. Um, after which I I managed to find other training related jobs that is a mixture of technical and soft skill uh, after working in the UK for about two years or so, I came to Singapore to look for work. And then I worked in HR with Samsung, then an, a travel company, and now I've become independent. That is pretty incredible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I know my background is very varied and people will go like, what? You were an engineer? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was. I still, I still keep in touch with a lot of my engineering friends. So just the weekend past was a wedding of a really good friend of mine from back in my engineering university days. Yeah. And I'm so happy that we're in touch after so, so many years because I believe that the richness of a person's life is based on the number of good friends that you have with you. And yeah, I've got more than two hands. I'm really, I'm really blessed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's move on to talking about the podcast. And you have uh, introduced... Two very interesting podcasts today. Um, certainly, from your background as a corporate trainer, I was expecting something a little more explicit in the sort of learning area. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expecting maybe like, you know, one of those very um, formal business interview kind of shows or maybe like a self-help program or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I definitely have those on my podcast listening list, but I thought, you know what, since your podcast is about podcast highlights, I might as well highlight something that's a bit more interesting. And I find these two podcast shows really interesting for me personally. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you for doing that. Uh, anyway, the first podcast is uh, BBC's The Infinite Monkey Cage. Yeah. And the episode in particular is uh, the topic on the human voice. So firstly, can you sort of describe what this podcast is about? Okay, so the Infinite Infinite Monkey Cage is hosted by uh, two very well-known, can I call them celebrities? I suppose celebrities in the UK. So one of them is Robin Ince, who is a famous comedian, and the other is Professor Brian Cox, who is a famous uh, astrophysicist. And he uh, speaks about, he he gives public education about what is the astronomy, what is the planet, what is the universe, what is nature, and things like that. Right. So I started listening to The Infinite Monkey Cage because I'm a huge fan of Professor Brian Cox. Because <laughs> he is, uh, you know, the, there's this one film called Sunshine or something like that. I don't know if you remember that film. Yeah. Cillian Murphy starred in it and there was Michelle Yeoh in it as well. Yeah, and it was I love an expedi- that movie. You love it, yeah. So Cillian Murphy actually studied Professor Brian Cox to mimic his character in that film. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, like, Cillian Murphy is, like, quite good-looking, quite suave, and he speaks with so much passion about the sun and the universe and everything. That's what he is like. And I'm just, like, a bit of me is have this, you know, girly, ah, girly stuff. <laughs> oh, I, just, I so adore him. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of, of his uh, work. So I discovered his podcast is when I was watching his TV series documentary called The Wonders of the Universe. And that time I was in the UK studying my master's or or working. Uh, Each episode talked about, you know, the different planets or the interesting things that are happening in the environment in different planets. And he would travel into different uh, places in the world to show that, you know, potentially on this planet, this is how it might look like. So it kind of fed the wanderlust in me that, okay, so this this part of Uruguay is kind of like, you know, this planet somewhere or this volcano looks like this planet somewhere or this moon or whatever. And, I'm like, and he speaks it in such a way with so much passion, I couldn't help but like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love the universe and I love the host too. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to listening to the podcast and I found the combination of an astrophysicist and a comedian extremely hilarious because the comedian will make fun of the professor being good looking and and, you know, talking about the universe and stuff. And uh, just to give you a bit of background, he was part of a rock band as well. This professor uh, rock band member. I can't remember the name of the band. And then now he's like a public figure in, in science education. Yeah, so I I listen to their episodes as much as possible. I think they only produce like one season a year or something like that. And this year, they have recorded their 100th episode. So Hmm. that means they've been doing this for about 10 10 years now. So they produce about 10 episodes per year, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. 
Mm-hmm. And each of their episodes, they they focus on on different things, uh, all in science, not necessarily not necessarily about um, astronomy or astrophysics, but everything in science. Uh, and I think it's a good effort on their part to help promote science education to help promote people getting into science research and get make science fun again yeah yeah and uh yeah so with this topic the human voice you can really see that coming through right that emphasis on science and and trying to introduce uh, a more scientific look into the audience yeah yeah so this particular episode what i really liked is they didn't talk so much sciencey but they gave like different examples of how voice can be powerful whether you're chatting about it whether you're singing whether you're doing beatboxing or even if you're like just you know being a comedian and making a joke <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's the power of the voice and this is this is what we do danny as podcasters too right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, so I found it really very, very fitting that you introduced this topic to to talk, to to this show. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> and also, and also, just to point out that um, at the start of this uh, episode, right, I think it was Brian Cox. He mentioned something about we're doing an episode on the human voice, and we wanted to bring this guy called Brian Blessed on. But we can bring him on, so I'm going to do this impression of Brian Blessed. Hello, I'm Brian Cox. And I'm Robin Ince, and today's show is about the human voice. Now, we did ask Brian Blessed to come back for the show, but he said... I don't need to come back! They'll still be able to hear my voice! Because once I've spoken in a theatre, they hear it for eternity! I'm alive! (laughs) And he does a spot-on impression... I, I don't know if there's I, I don't know if Blessed was actually there because I'm pretty sure it was taped but I just listened to the the audio recording but oh, it was I'm not too sure on. if it's actually his his voice or it was taped but I don't think he was on the show yeah 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 but <laughs> but, but but anyway if uh if if anyone if you guys uh, don't know who Brian Blessed is he is this hulking towering man <laughs> who is huge and uh, I believe one of his more famous roles was he played um, the king on Black Adder, this uh, dark, this black comedy in the UK. It was really, really famous. And he is known for having this amazing, booming voice. Hello, news. What? The Spanish Infanta has arrived. Ah, good news. Soon we will have Spain in our grip. Hello, news. What? The King of France sends his greetings. Ah, good news. My diplomacy triumphs. My lord, news. What? Lord Wessex is dead. Ah. <laughs> this news is not so good. Pardon, my lord. I like it not. Bring me some other news. Pardon, my lord. I like not this news. Bring me some other news. Yes, my lord. <laughs> No, no. What? Lord Wessex is not dead. Ah! Good news! <laughs> Let there be joy and celebration. Let jubilation reign! Yes, my lord. Oh, yes. And tell Osmond that to further strengthen ties with Spain, he marries tomorrow. Yes, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's... Um, it's it was, it's it, recognisable if you know that. Uh, recognisable. You know yeah, if you know Brian Blessed. Yeah, yeah. I remember Blackadder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious guy. And and the thing the thing about Brian Blessed is is that that kind of a voice is the kind that you expect to shake you to your core or you expect mm-hmm. to be very intimidating. Yeah. But Blessed is actually such a warm guy. He's more teddy bear than serial killer if you if you, <laughs> if you get what I mean. <laughs> I think that's what actors do, right? <laughs> they, they use their voice to express <laughs> You know, whether they want to be a murderer or this warm, fuzzy, melting teddy bear. <laughs> oh, no. But I mean, like, uh, I, I've seen an appearance of, on, on, on a number of, of these uh, UK variety shows. And he's been on different panels. You know, you know you know how the UK has, like, all these kind of shows like QI or maybe this one as well, The Infinite Monkey Cage, which is sort of a panel in itself. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I hope that's how he is in real life. Like, uh, he's this more sort of a, a bubbly, warm person. I hope he isn't a, some stuck-up serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if it was a serial killer, I don't think he wants to be as visible as on panel shows, right? <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, the, the, the show itself, 
talking about the human voice, um, another aspect I, I'd like to introduce, which I thought was was pretty interesting, was they they really went into how the brain and maybe the body as well interacts with uh, with the voice, which is a sort of physical look at at um, the human voice, which I, I I don't think that people normally get uh, get a look at. And this is and the reason they're able to do this is because one of their panelists they have is this neuroscientist. Uh, named Professor Sophie Scott, yeah. who introduces this sort of a uh, very physical and scientific aspect at how the the voice operates. You know, she was she would talk about like how the diaphragm moves and how the chest compresses, and I'm like, that is so incredibly nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that probably feeds into my engineering side. That's why I like it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And then, um, and then on the on the other hand, on the other spectrum. Uh, they also have this uh, panelist in comedian and beatboxer. This guy named Beardy Man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so throughout the episode, he goes on and he demonstrates how he uses his voice in various sort of ways to make his uh, to make the the beatbox sounds. And I thought that was just really it's, fascinating. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Because on on the podcast show itself, you would have thought it was an entire band behind yeah. that. But actually just one person doing beatboxing. I'm like, how is that possible? How is the human voice possible, possibly able to do all of that? But apparently it, we can do that. Yeah. Of course, the training and practice, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. And, you know, speaking about, and, and then they, they, they go on talking about the scientific aspect, right? And, mm-hmm. and at first I was like a little disappointed because this is the BBC, you know, you'd expect yeah. them to go into a little bit more philosophical of it, but maybe this is just Brian Cox's show or something and they just want to dig into the scientific aspect. Uh, I think you'll need to listen to other episodes because there are philosophical uh, discussions. Uh, for other episodes, I think there was one episode about nature and, and their hundredth episode, I think they actually had two people from church or something like that. They're pastors. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there are two pastors to, to philosophize stuff. So that'd be really interesting. But this particular episode, uh, they, they didn't cover that. Yeah. I, I think actually they did a little bit towards the end because oh, yeah? they, they sort of shifted more towards the evolution of the human voice and how mm-hmm. it's played a role in, uh, in society and language and communication and so on. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was a pretty nice. And you know, you know, speaking of uh, our role here as um, podcasters, right? So I, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how, what kind of role do you think that the voice plays uh, for podcasting? It's everything, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, without the voice, how can you podcast? Yeah, it's it's our only instrument to express ourselves. And I believe the voice, unless you're a voice actor or something, you cannot disguise voice. I believe voice is really, really powerful. If someone is happy, if someone's passionate, someone's sad, someone's angry, no matter what kind of words you use, it'll somehow appear in, in the voice. Mm. Uh, and it's probably, I, I don't know, I'm not a biologist or something, but I think it's probably the first, how do I say, sense that we develop. Hmm. Because why, I mean, like, Mothers and fathers would talk to their unborn child, right? And, yeah, and play music for them, and and it's well. If I'm not mistaken, the baby's sight isn't fully developed, but what is developed is already the sound. So it's something that comes naturally to us. Yeah. Without sight, is well, it's inconvenient, but with sound, you can hear so much. Hmm. Um, it it is it is amazing. It is powerful. And one thing what I enjoy about podcasts is that we are not, unlike YouTubers or uh, video or TV, we're not distracted by whatever is visibly in front of us. Because once you close your eyes and listen to sound and listen to voice, you can actually decipher a lot more than what you see. Yeah. It's a, it's a very intimate sort of uh, experience, isn't it? Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier on, uh, the thing about the sound and how it affects our biology, and it's not just, I don't believe it's only just for the speaker who is speaking, but you as a listener, or you're listening to me speak, Mm. it somehow translates, the sound waves of my voice translate into the biology of another person. So you can, whatever the content is, whatever the sound is, you could definitely feel it. So one thing I, I think about is, 
imagine you go into another country. You don't speak the same language at all. Uh, you speak to each other in different language, but somehow we get it. Just somehow we get if the other person's angry, somehow we get if the other person's happy or sad or confused. We just get it. In terms of like uh, their tone, right? That's pretty universal. Mm. I think tone itself, we make it simple to understand, like high pitch, low pitch, uh, the cadence, the whatever. But I think our hearing is a lot more capable to decipher the complexities of tone. Uh, so take language, for example. And this is basically my opinion, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Chinese language, it has so many tones. So one word can have like four different tones in Mandarin, seven different tones in Cantonese. And not only that, the language itself is uh, spoken with different accents all over uh, China. But somehow people can still decipher what it means. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? I think that is incredible. Yeah. One sound can mean so many things. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's not something you think about when you grow up, but especially after you've done a bit of traveling or you've watched a few documentaries or mm -hmm. you've started your own podcast, mm. then you start to really understand and appreciate what the voice does. The, the kind of a, how, how impressive a tool it is, uh, for, for facilitating human communication and, and understanding. And as well, as, as well, the other aspect, the, the hearing aspect, that's also really important too. Yeah. But I thought that, uh, that was, uh, really nice that you brought that up. Yeah. It's not just language. It's also, we, we grow up listening to music, right? We listen mm. to people sing. And I'm not too sure about you, but I like to listen to music in foreign language because, um, I don't know. I like different perspectives. I like to hear different things. And even in music in different languages, you can decipher so much from it. You know, the happiness or the sadness or the beats of it. It's, right. You, you, can, you can appreciate it. Like opera, for example. All, most of it is in Italian or French or Spanish, which is, you know, I don't have much of a, you know, experience in. But you can just sort of feel what the person is singing. Hmm without knowing what they actually mean. And you can tell if a singer is into that song or whether they're not into that song when they sing it. Mm. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, actually, I, I think I've read that somewhere before. Might have been Carnegie. Dale Carnegie's um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, that's an amazing book, yes. Yeah, he made this point that it's really hard to fake sincerity. Mm. Or if you want to connect to people, you have to be genuine, right? Genuine in your appreciation yeah. and, and when you give praise. And so he's saying that to, to this effect, you have to be sincere. Otherwise, it won't, it won't work yeah. because people can just tell that you're, you're just faking it. Mm. Yeah. So, so, and yeah, and, and, and you saying that it's really hard to fake sincerity uh, in the human voice, I guess that, that is an important aspect to play as well. I think it's difficult to fake. I'm sure people, there are some people out there who are experts in it. Serial killers. Like yeah, serial killers. like serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then um, speaking of voices, right, then is there any, are there any voices that stand out to you in particular, like really memorable ones that you cannot just uh, get rid of in your mind? Memorable voices. My mother's voice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I think oh, that's really it, it sweet. Well, it's the voice that you hear most often growing up. Mm. I think. And uh I had a hard time last year cuz she she passed away. So even though she she has passed on, I still hear her voice. Oh. Mm. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, that's life, huh? <laughs> she led a good life. I'm I'm glad for her and I'm sure she's proud that I still keep hearing her in my head. <laughs> yeah. Isn't like you keep recordings of her or uh there are voice recordings of her, there are photographs of her, but it's just conversations. Conversations that that get played in the mind and it for me it manifests as voice, not so much as visual. Hmm. What this person said or what that person said, how they said it. Um and for me it's my mother's voice. Yeah. Wow. That's uh 
That is really moving, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you're saying that just because it's it's podcasting and it's the voice, but <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you that's that's the question you ask. What is the most memorable voice? And that that yeah, I I hear it all the time. Yes. All right. So in that case, do you have anything else to add about this podcast? Then listen to it. Listen to it. It's hilarious. It's funny. It makes you feel like really smart, even though you don't know much about science. So anyway, um, now that we're done with the first one, let's move on to the second one. And again, uh, I just have to reiterate, this was not something I expected <laughs> at all. <laughs> but but I appreciate nonetheless, because it is uh, something new that I haven't come across yet uh, in terms of podcasting. So this podcast is called Duolingo Spanish Podcast. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> And the episode in question is called Aventuras con mi padre. Yeah, you, you yeah. pronounced it right. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So please, Ningling, tell us what this podcast is about. Okay. So this podcast show is a, po a bilingual podcast show for uh, intermediate Spanish learners. So they can get used to listening to uh, native Spanish speakers speak in Spanish. And each episode uh, tells a story of uh, Latin families in Central and South America and the life that they lead, the, the lives that they lead. Uh, most of it is challenging. Most of it is raw. It is interspersed with English translation. Although it's not direct translation, they make it the storytelling as natural as possible. So what I really, really like about this podcast is because well, I'm learning Spanish and I'm happy to say that sometimes I can understand what they say in Spanish. <laughs> but the English bits of it is very, very helpful just to fill in the gaps of, you know, I'm not really too sure that's what they mean. Okay, so yeah, if they repeated it in, in English, then it confirms my, you know, like, yes, I actually, you know, know what they're, they're saying. <laughs> One other thing I like about this podcast is that instead of just... You know, like how other language podcasts, they they talk, they repeat certain sentences or have simple dialogues and make mm. you repeat them and, and things like that. And there are some language podcasts where they read the news and then they translate it or you get a transcript that's in translation. Uh, what's lovely about this is that they share the Latin culture. Mm. They share what it's like to live in South America and what it's like to live in Central or Mexico or America. So all, all of the Americas. Uh, they talk about, you know, real real lives, you know, what they go through as as a person, as they, you know, migrate to different places or whatever the story may be. Uh, so it's nice that it's not just, you know, the practice language like Hola, ¿cómo estás? You know, it's like, hello, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine. Muy bien. ¿Y tú? You know, it's like, after a while, it gets really repetitive and boring. So it's nice. Yeah. That, it's nice that uh, Duolingo, Duolingo is a language app, uh, just in case you don't know. And it's a language app uh, whose mission is to bring language education free to everyone. So they've got loads of languages on there, not just Spanish. They have French, they have German, they have Vietnamese, they have Mandarin, they have everything. They, what's also interesting is they also have two fictional languages in their list. One is, really? Yeah, one is the, I think the Game of Thrones language, High Valerian <laughs> or something. And, and another one, some Klingon language from Star Wars, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I found that really, really interesting. <laughs> So they heavily promoted the podcast on the apps. And I thought, okay, why not give it a listen? And I've enjoyed it. I think they've only released the Spanish version, Spanish-English bilingual podcast. They haven't released other languages yet. Uh, and I think it's because Spanish is the most uh, learned language or most learners are learning that language on the Duolingo app. Hmm. Yeah, in terms of this podcast, right, I just have to say... What I can appreciate is that it is a proper 
storytelling podcast. Yeah, that's what makes it amazing. I, I enjoy this very much. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the voice acting, in terms of the stories, in terms of the production value, my my God, I did not expect that. But they actually put in like full production in terms of like the music and everything. So oh yeah, it's done very very well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very clean. It is very very well produced, and yeah, that that just took me by surprise. And and also, I should say that if you are going to listen to this, the format is um, like Ling Ling mentioned earlier. It's not a direct translation. The, pro- the 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 story progresses in in chronological order, but it just switches between English and Spanish. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I listen that that's what I understood after a while. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you listen to it, it didn't really matter that whether you understood the Spanish bit because the English section of it would you know sort of translate or sh- sort of tell the story and hold on its own, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it sort of help to fill in the context a bit mm-hmm. when when you first listen especially if you don't understand spanish you only understand english it's a little bit jarring because you know when when you're switching between the different languages you only understand one it's like your 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 brain is not tuned in to that segment <laughs> so it's like a little bit in and out in and out in and out right yeah yeah but then but then after a while when you sort of get into it and you sort of train your 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 listening or your ears to sort of say Okay, so so this is actually the story being told in order, and then okay, that's when you sort of understand how how the things work. I think you are right about you know if you switch between languages, it's not just language. I think each of us we carry separate brains when we speak in a different language because language itself is very contextual and there's a lot mm. of cultural reference to it. So if you don't know a, a particular language, you don't understand the context behind it as well. Then maybe that's why you had you had to hear it, you know, more concentrated, more focused to be able to get it. Yeah. Because I know, at least for me, I speak English, Mandarin, Malay. And when I sp- speak in different languages, I actually had to, feel like I need to switch different me's to be able to get the message across in a different language. I don't know <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that is uh th- there is some truth to that, you know. Like uh in 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 the previous podcast, right? I believe when when the uh, one of the panelists, um Professor Sophie Scott, when she introduced herself mm-hmm. uh in talking about the human voice, she did mention that she's interested in studying human voice because she believes that a human voice is a way to sort of uh, introduce your identity. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sort of reveals who you are and what you want to be or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely believe that. You choose to speak, you choose not to speak. That says a lot about a person. Mm, mm. And definitely uh, what kind of language and the kind of uh, uh, accents that you choose to adopt, that is also very revealing as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think sometimes we don't consciously choose an accent to adopt but it is an indicator of where you come from if we take for Mm. example the english language it has so so many so many different accents and when someone speaks it in our minds we're like okay they're speaking english words but they're saying it in this way so therefore okay this accent sounds like they might be there they might be from a particular region so like Mm. if we take singapore for an example uh, everyone here speaks English, but everyone speaks English with a different accent. So when someone speaks to you in English, uh, they they might have a Filipino accent or a Malay accent or a Chinese accent or a well-educated English-schooled kind of accent, you know, the Queen's <laughs> language. You can tell. And it's a marker of, you know, that person's background, their identity, even their so- mm. social economic status as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, uh yeah, I didn't really think about it that way, but <laughs> but but you can definitely tell, um, you know, from from your voice as well, Ling Ling. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Isn't you know what 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 is that accent? That's not. Oh. <laughs> you know, I've been I've, I've been to Malaysia a few times. That's not how they speak English. No, but I do have friends who speak like this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my upbringing is as such that uh, my dad is an economics professor. Okay. He was fortunate to get scholarship to study abroad. So in my uh, younger days, I had a chance to live in Australia mm. for a couple of years. I was schooled in uh, primary education in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So what people say is an American accent actually comes from Canadian accent. Then I returned back to Malaysia for my secondary 
uh, schooling. Mm-hmm. And I picked up my Malaysian accent from my Canadian <laughs> accent. And my first job with Intel was an American company. So I picked up an American accent. Then I did my master's in the UK. So I picked up one of a few words, handful of words from from the UK. And in London itself, there is it's a melting pot of accents too. So I'm not really too sure which part of London's accent I've picked up. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm in Singapore. So I'm sure I've picked up some Singaporean accent somewhere. <laughs> it's a bit of everything everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it really... Uh, <laughs> you are a melting pot in itself. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. It's very confusing up there. <laughs> So, 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 yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny how just accents alone can tell so much or tell like a whole story, right? Well, at least give you an indication. You won't really know the entire story until the person tells you. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it gives you an idea. It's like, oh, okay, so this person speaks this way. That means they might be from Thailand, from Philippines, from Indonesia. You just have an idea, but you don't necessarily know the whole story. <laughs> mm, mm. I mean, it's just more of a more of an invitation to sort of probe deeper and get to know that person a little bit better. Yeah, if everyone does that, that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, anyway, so I think we should probably get to the episode in question, right? Oh yeah, finally, yes. <laughs> yeah. So this episode, Aventuras con mi padre. So tell us what the story is about then. Uh, Aventuras con mi padre is a story of a, a girl and she talks about uh, her father and how her father likes to move the family around from place to place. Mm. And it's his way of encouraging his family and this particular character to explore the world, to go out and, you know, discover things, uh, talk to different people play with the environment, just, just to go out and explore. Uh, she talked about how uncomfortable it was. Uh, initially but after that it just became a norm to them yeah uh i don't should i spoil it because the ending isn't so particularly happy (laughs) well any yeah go for it yeah yeah go for it (laughs) well anyway as as with all human life we all grow older uh and and the father eventually had uh alzheimer's Mm. uh she talked about how he showed he tried to hide it initially yeah, and eventually uh, it it was really really serious. Uh, so to everyone who loved uh, her father, uh, it was a surprise to them because he was the one who was encouraging them to go out and explore. He was the one who knows how to get around and travel and know directions and stuff. And yeah. when uh, Alzheimer's became really uh, serious for for the father, he couldn't even recognize people. He doesn't remember names. Mm. Uh, and they tried to tell him stories so that he can remember. But he, I think, a part of him knew that. Um, yeah, he didn't want to trouble people, so he tried to hide it. Uh, and and I found this story really touching because it showed one the wonder wonderless side of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love adventures. I love exploring, and it showed the humanity as well that we all grow old and our loved ones may fall sick, and it's nice to have family around to take care of your yeah you or your loved one. Yeah, it's a very touching story. I think. Yeah, it was. Um... Yeah, it's a, it was an incredible story, and I I don't know because um, in terms of the way they tell the story, I don't know if it's like a Latin American thing, right? But I've read I've read some um, literary fiction by some Latin American writers, mm-hmm. and I found it to be in a very similar style. You know, you have that sort of rural or maybe rustic sense about it. Um, mm-hmm. when, especially when you describe like the landscape or, you know, the, the family and how they would get together. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very personal kind of storytelling that kind of gets, a, gets you right at the, tugs right at the heartstrings, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And especially when, when it gets to the part about the dad having Alzheimer's and everything. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It was so sad, no? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was really, it's really, it was really sad, and especially you know the way he sort of resisted it. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to to sort of burden his family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
in in a way, even though he's uh, his mind was deteriorating, he's trying so much not to burden his family, and I think that came out of love. Mm. He did what he did out of love. The family did what they did out of love, and it's just such a touching story for me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Something I definitely did not expect <laughs> go, <laughs> go, going into this. <laughs> But still, but still, incredible story, and and yeah, and and these are real stories, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think they're real stories. They actually found these people and interviewed them. They did their research and and stuff. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and it's uh, how how do I put this? It's you know sometimes when you hear about these kind of stories, right? And when they're happening a little bit far away, it's a little bit hard to connect. Yeah, especially if you're not from that culture. Mm, exactly, but then. You know, the translation to English helps, and also if you're a little bit familiar with that sort of culture, it helps as well. But then, what really drove it home for me was that, you know, this took place in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, they were moving all across uh, different parts of Venezuela, but towards the end, um, it got so bad. And and you know that, and we know that Venezuela, there's a lot of uh, bad things happening over there right now. The yeah. country is in tremendous disarray, so it's always popping up in the news. And yeah. then, and then this is this is just one of the stories that one of the like the on the ground stories that you don't don't hear about, but it's mm-hmm. actually taking place. So that 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 for me was what really drove it home because. You know, I'm so used to seeing uh, people people talk about Venezuela on a more macro level, talking mm-hmm. about talking about the the, the president and, and what he's doing wrong, talking about the mm-hmm. economic economic policy and what what's going wrong there. But then, yeah, the humanitarian goes, crisis, the poverty, exactly, people like you know leaving in droves in the country uh, from the exactly. country they can. It, it's just oh, it's incredible. I'm, I yeah. mean, like. Not good, incredible, but it's just you know it's on a massive scale the humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. Yeah, yeah, and then you, it sort of hits home, you know, because this is just one story, and that family had to move out of Venezuela. They had to relocate to, I believe it was Mexico. Yeah, um, I think it was Mexico. Yes. Yeah, and then, and yeah, and that's just one story, and then you know that. There's like millions others in Venice, billions of others in Venezuela, and yeah, that really hit home. <laughs> <laughs> I think just to add on what what you have just mentioned is that you know if you watch uh, mainstream films, you watch mainstream TV series, the stories more or less you know like regurgitate itself in different characters and different scenarios. But the it's like there's a formula for TV series and a formula for for movies, but I don't think you mm. can have a formula for real life because mm. we don't we don't live in formulas, even though we like to think we do. But life happens, and it's the human spirit that you know helps us to find ways to survive in love mm. and in hope and for the people that we love. So even though we don't we don't relate to Latin culture, but it's just us as humanity the you know, love for family is, I think, universal. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you were you were talking earlier about how human emotions or tone, that kind of thing, is very uh, universal, right? Everyone can sort of pick it up despite the language. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure, like different storytelling themes or different uh, ideas surrounding, you know, familiar relations or obligations. These are universal and, mm-hmm. and that's what, that's what makes it all the more relatable and all the more real, right? The story. Yeah. I think we relate it to, we relate to stories that are different from our culture, from our cultural perspective, because I'm sure we could find similarities mm. as in, well, the, this uh, character's love for, for the father. We find it in our own culture too. But perhaps we express it differently. This uh, love for adventure in another culture is probably ex- expressed in our own, but it's maybe you know expressed or communicated differently. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that was a uh, a little bit hard to end there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So, do you have anything else to add for this podcast? 
this podcast. Yes, definitely listen to Duolingo Spanish <laughs> podcast. If you if you like to know more about the Latin culture and you want to know more about Spanish, it's definitely one of the the podcasts to learn the Spanish language. It's not so much about conversational Spanish that you're learning, but rather listening to a native speaker speak in a more intermediate level so you you're used to listening to Spanish because listening is also an important skill if you want to learn a language. Yeah. I definitely listen to it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, and actually on that point, you know, when 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 I think about podcasts, right, and I think about what what podcasting actually provides as a, as a product, you know, I like to think of it in terms of like it helps you to learn more, it helps you to sort of connect, and then it helps you to sort of empathize, and that's that's I think what what you raised earlier about the listening part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so yeah, definitely if you're if you want to learn more about Latin American culture, you want to learn more about different stories and how people react to tragedy and stuff, then yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is the one for you. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, and with that brings the end to today's episode. Uh, thank you so much, Ling Ling, for coming on. Oh, it's such an honor to to be on your show, Danny. Thanks for <laughs> inviting me. I, I really appreciate this. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's really nice. Um, yeah. So for, for people who are interested in uh, uh, looking for your podcast or getting in touch and f- getting in touch with you, where can they do so? So my podcast is called Leaders of Learning. Just search it on, you can search it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play Music, if you are based outside of Southeast Asia, you can search for it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me about the work that I do in terms of uh, intercultural communication, leadership, uh, training, and consulting, you can get in touch with me by email. That's ling at s-p-a-r-k-l-s dot c-o. That's ling at s-p-a-r-k-l-s dot c-o. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn. You can find me by my name, Ling Ling Tai, L-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-T-A-I. I'm easily searchable. If you just search my name on Google, I should be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's great. And yeah, so if you like this episode, please do a big favor by sharing it amongst your friends or by subscribing to the Economical Rice podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. All the links and details to the shows discussed in this episode will be available in the show notes on the website www.economicalricepodcast.com. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback for the show, you can drop a message on the social media links below. Once again, this has been your host, Danny, with special guest Ling Ling at the Podcast Spotlight, the show by podcast fans for podcast fans.